Sources tell CBS News Justice Department whistleblowers have raised concerns over the FBI's handling of Hunter Biden's investigation, or rather an investigation into Hunter Biden. Allegations include irregular handling of evidence and a claim that, quote, standard investigatory practices were not being followed. They also claim that disparaging evidence related to President Biden's son was labeled as misinformation. The FBI said it has no comment. Yeah, no comment at this time. Uh, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, CBS has done multiple reports on the Hunter Biden investigation, has talked to the multiple whistleblowers, um, of, co- of course, in a way in which they rena- remain anonymous, at least as far as uh, CBS is concerned. I don't think they use their names. Um, but they say what you've been hearing and what the Republican uh, committee is after, uh, looking into whether or not there are certain documents the FBI uh, won't provide uh, to those politicians uh, that prove uh, some of the things that have been accused of being a part of the Hunter Biden business dealings that may or may not or certainly did, I guess, at least in what's been uh, demonstrated so far, uh, wind up benefiting a whole lot of Biden family members as far as deposits in the bank accounts that seem odd including even like a niece, um, but no connection, at least publicly demonstrated so far to the former president, which is, or excuse me, the current president, the former vice president at the time uh, when all, when a lot of this was going on, which is sort of insane, by the way, uh, just to say it out loud that seven, eight, nine family members uh, may have gotten money from Biden business deals, uh, Hunter Biden business deals, uh, and that just got put into bank accounts and none of those people at any point, no way, wherever, uh, the vice president, but uh, this is growing as far as a story that maybe mainstream, legacy, whatever you want to call the media that CBS, NBC, all of them uh, are uh, in this day and age. And I just, I just find it interesting because uh, if you're someone who's been following and paying attention for the last few years and not believing when the Hunter Biden laptop story got fully dismissed, uh, then none of this is a shock at all. If you're someone who's just hearing this for the first time, on one of those uh, legacy uh, stations, and maybe you have been over the last few weeks, uh, you might feel as though this is a brand new thing, and it is, well, uh, not. Uh, but more uh, will come out there, I, I hope, I think, I believe. And yet, actually, uh, what's interesting is when you look at some of the questions being asked even today uh, by members of press, not just right-leaning conservative press or whatever you want to call uh, that version of media that exists, too, uh, but just uh, people in the press pool, uh, a spokesperson for the White House, John Kirby, was asked a very specific question that I want to play all of because uh, I think it's pretty interesting. And his answer was terrible. Um, I know that he was trying to feign some sort of disbelief in how the question is posed and try to behave as though people thinking uh, that Biden might not be on the up and up. The majority of Americans thinking that, as will be demonstrated in the reporter's um, uh, stat that he throws out. Um, other than that, there was no response because there's really nothing to say. Uh, if you're on the side that's going to try to protect the current president, former vice president, again, when all of this, most of this was believed to be going on, who knows what could be going on now. Uh, it's, it's just so interesting to me because I'll say this before I even play the audio. And I heard a great conversation uh, by Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins today talking about this is obviously yet another demonstration of the existence of the deep state. But then calling it the deep state is something, and I'm paraphrasing what uh, Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins said, is something that's really not worked branding-wise for the Republican Party and something that has definitely worked, uh, say, branding-wise for the 
the Democratic Party or for the, the liberal media in trying to lump everything and anything that is, quote, deep state into some sort of conspiracy theory. Of course, uh, there is actually I did a deep dive into bias in just regular old um, political structures and then also some of our our bureaucracy and, and FBI and all those structures and a study that was definitely not politically slanted that said how they believe that occurred. And it, it's interesting, and I'll get to that in a second, too. Uh, but that, to me, is is different than the overarching message uh, complaint conversation people have, say, about, quote, the deep state or the uh, fixed election. All these things get grouped together, and I think they are widely then dismissed by someone, certainly on the other side of the aisle, and I think they deserve to be talked about quite a bit differently. Uh, but here, here is a simple question and a really terrible non-answer from a person representing the White House, uh, representing the president, because there's no other road to go. Uh, the American people in a recent poll believe that this president is likely to be, in at least some way, shape, or form, corrupt. Uh, there have been many developments in the House investigations into the First Family's international business dealings recently. Uh, there's one committee trying to get an FBI file alleging that President Biden took bribes. There's another IRS whistleblower who's alleging there's a cover-up in the investigation. Amid all of this, there was a Harvard-Harris poll this month that found that 53% of the public, including a fourth of Democrats, believe, quote, Joe Biden was involved with his son in an, in an illegal influence peddling scheme. Uh, there's, of course, evidence that the president interacted with his relatives, associates from China, uh, Mexico, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine. Uh, so what do you say to the majority of Americans who believe that the president is himself corrupt? I think you actually even heard Corinne Jean-Pierre in the background say Jesus. Long pause. President, the president, the president has spoken to this. Uh, no, he hasn't. The president has spoken to this. No, he hasn't. Uh, and there's nothing to these claims. And as for the the, the, the whistleblower issue that you talked about and uh, um, and the, the, the document, I, I, I believe the FBI has spoken to that. And you're going to have to go to them on that. Yeah, the FBI has said that uh, they're not willing, at least right now, to provide that document to the politicians that have asked for it. Uh, they didn't deny that it exists uh, or exactly what is on it. And even according to CPS, as they uh, had some of these conversations and do some of these follow-up uh, things, um, obviously what's on that document is very simplistically a likely um, account of one of the whistleblowers who says this is where the proof is as far as the concern of of that exact thing that the majority of the American people uh, think the Biden family was up to. It's it's just so um, I don't know what the right word is for it, actually. You know what? Uh, starting about uh, talking about this topic today on the show and probably bringing it up at other times. It's it's unsurprising in a way, I guess I would say. Uh, that so many people on opposite sides of, say, political conversation today are so embedded in their positions that it's irrelevant what information comes out, what what things prove uh, that this is or isn't real. If it's said by one side of the political aisle and you're on the opposite side, you immediately assume that it's it's 100 percent crap, 100 percent lies, and you never come back to the fold, it seems, or at least a lot of people don't. I shouldn't say you. I doubt uh, people listening to this show actually do this. I think mostly the politicians and the media outlets are the ones that do this. They refuse to backtrack. They refuse to figure out a way to acknowledge mistakes. Certainly the politicians do it uh, in a way that would be valuable. Uh, but that question, much more powerful than it was uh, behaved as being for the person who answered it in saying that a, f a fourth of Democrats 
believe that the Biden family benefited from the business dealings of a Hunter Biden, including the current president, former vice president, and essentially believe that he did something illegal, something that would cause him to, well, lose his job as the president of the country. And that to, to just be a wow, <laughs> this guy with the question he's asking is amazing. I'll say this and then I'll move on. Um, I think, and actually I touched on it a second ago, and there's a really great deep dive into this from a couple of years ago, is how bias is our political system, is, is people who go into a lot of wide-ranging, maybe lifelong political jobs. Um, how likely are they to be Democrats? How likely are they to be Republicans? Uh, how likely are the people that work on these staffs to be of a certain um, side of the aisle? And one of the biggest findings, and this is not necessarily tied to conspiracy theory per se, is that someone who's very well educated and has conservative ideals, conservative ideology that they follow, they're unlikely to gravitate toward a government job, uh, which is interesting to me that, yes, uh, the conservative position is that government needs to be reduced, not increased, and that the world of, say, uh, business is where you'll find a lot uh, better um, versions of of use of our our. Um, I don't know, just societal decisions as far as what we prop up and what we what we uh, simplify or what we try to, um, you know, control and make as small as as possible. Uh, conservatives believe small government is best and um, benefiting businesses is best. And obviously, Democrats believe the opposite. So if you're a, a well-educated person that's looking for a lucrative position in this world and you happen to have conservative ideals, you're likely to gravitate toward uh, business and the world of business. And actually, it even said that people who wind up in bureaucracy eventually leave for some sort of high-paying uh, job. Someone uh, poaches them and brings them into the world of business, uh, the world of the private sector instead. I find that very interesting. And then if you're someone who is looking for a high-paying job to go with your uh, high-cost education and you're of democratic uh, leaning, you gravitate toward the government, and then you tell your son to go make some sweet, sweet deals so you can make a bunch of sweet, sweet cash in the process, it seems like. But that's one of the ways in which the actual um, uh, system that we have in place as far as our government is concerned is much more one-sided than we believe it to be, uh, certainly when you get to the positions that are not uh, just people who are uh, elected into their roles, but people who are appointed into their roles. And much less turnover exists in government than you and I think exists when one president takes over and another president leaves a position. One of the best examples of that uh, recently that backs up this study is Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, who'd been in his role for a long time, I think actually appointed by by uh, President Bush, and then in that role for so long. And yet, obviously, there came a point where a whole lot of Americans think he should not have been in that role anymore. Uh, that is one of several different, a, a wide majority of the political jobs that exist in our society, examples of how people uh, stay in those roles much, much longer than you think they do. And that's just one aspect, one component of what seems to be a, a very easily proven demonstration of how biased certain things are. The same exists in media. Uh, and this is, again, an independent study that looked into this uh, that said that if you're someone of a certain position politically, you're unlikely to be promoted a lot. You're unlikely to wind up with a good job. You're very likely to get canned, to get fired at some point, um, or to um, be encouraged to move on, uh, to have limited uh, uh, upward mobility. And if you're someone with an opposite position on the uh, political uh, world and the political spectrum, you're likely to get, well, a lot of other things, a lot of promotions, a lot of opportunity in a wide ranging amount of media positions, because the people at the absolute tippy top are ones who wind up agreeing with that ideology. Is that 
the corruption we talk about when you think about the the deep state version of conversation that exists today? Or is that something that's slightly different and yet still winds up um, um, creating the same result that you do see bias coverage and this and that all the time? I think that's a very interesting uh, question, a very interesting position to to debate at some point in the future, probably with some guest or someone on the show. Uh, but it was just a fascinating read. Uh, for me, and I'll put it up on my social media page, facebook.com slash Greg Collins Show, so you can see the information, see the study, uh, and all the different ways that they arrived to their conclusions, uh, which I'm sure people will agree and disagree with, uh, but they tried to do it as politically um, disconnected, as politically non-biased as, as possible, and they still wound up demonstrating a whole lot of the things that someone who you might call a conspiracy theorist also thinks are true. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, thank you for being with us. 1470 is the AM. 100.3 is the FM. If you're listening on the Internet, we might be having some uh, in and out uh, technical issues. Uh, so just a warning if you're even hearing this or if you're uh, in and out. My apologies. Uh, doing everything we can to fix that stuff. Uh, but streaming all over the Internet, WMBDradio.com and the WMBD radio app uh, when technology behaves, which everybody knows it doesn't behave a whole lot of places uh, all the time. Uh, anyway, other stuff that I saw out there, I thought this was interesting. Uh, a man that goes by the name uh, James. Well, actually, I guess he goes by the name Sega Time on Reddit, uh, but James is his, his real name. Uh, discovered something and put up a photo on social media on, on Reddit, and it went very viral because uh, he was confused as to why someone would do the thing he saw someone doing. He saw a casket outside of a home uh, with a sign taped to it that said bulk item pickup, which means that someone was getting rid of a casket, and he didn't know if there was any body or anything inside the casket. Of course, you're going to assume no. I don't think anyone would bulk item pick up if there's uh, anything inside the casket that shouldn't be there. But it was just it was amusing enough that he goes, I don't know what the answers are, but I have a lot of questions. (laughs) And then a bunch of other people said they had questions, too. Uh, You know what I thought of as bad or as dark as this might be? Uh, My wife loves to go um, what I call uh, garbage shopping. And it, and she doesn't like, I guess I, I shouldn't say go, but if she walks by something in our neighborhood and it looks perfectly good is what I always get told, she wants to grab it before it actually gets thrown away. If someone put a chair, any, anything uh, that we might need or, or could use in our home. And my mom used to do that all the time too. Actually, I remember as a kid that you'd be driving like home from church and she'd see something in somebody's garbage that we could use, and you'd pull over. You'd be like, hold on, honey. Hold on a sec. Although I think my mom even sometimes would, like, knock on the door of the people's house and say, hey, is there something wrong with that thing, or can I can I take it? And then they would usually say, nothing wrong with it. Go ahead and have it. And I think Betty would do that, too. But I've always been weary of that and certainly would be weary of that in the world of this story, uh, the casket story. Uh, but I can't imagine that every single person out there, uh, that someone wouldn't be like, you know what? I'm going to need one of those eventually. And it's, it's nice that they have one out right now. Uh, let me see if there's anything wrong with it. Let me knock on the door. And then instead of it going uh, anywhere else, let's just go ahead and take it home. I don't know. Uh, but that was one of several questions I would like an answer to. And I don't have any reason why that existed. All right. Another thing I saw, I thought it was interesting. A mysterious artist is going viral. I think this was in the UK. Uh, but you could literally do this a bunch of places and it'd be awesome. Uh, the artist is someone who takes uh, street chalk 
and goes up to any sort of giant hole uh, that might exist, a pothole in some in some part of uh, their community, and just draws all over the street in this big giant letters uh, with huge arrows pointing to it, hole, be careful, all over the, the sidewalk, all over the street, um, leading up to the area in which uh, someone might have a bit of a mistake as far as uh, screwing up your car. Man, oh man, can I consider the amount of places where that could be valuable in this community and in literally any community uh, throughout the country. And so I love it. This person's being called an artist uh, who's uh, blazing a trail, uh, the trail ble- being specific art that notifies you of potholes uh, that are right in front of you or coming up in the very near future. Uh, they even got a little salty. Uh, I'll say that with some of the the things that were drawn outside of the arrows and the pothole coming up, uh, there may have been other attention-grabbing things uh, that people might have drawn onto the onto the street. Uh, those I don't recommend, um, but I, I guess I'm not surprised that that road eventually happened. But everyone is praising uh, the mysterious artist who's doing this, at least in a part of uh, Cambridge in the United Kingdom. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. In a couple minutes, I will bring on some guests from Cultured Grounds, a very cool uh, coffee shop in downtown Peoria. Uh, five four, uh, five, excuse me, four five six. There we go. Uh, four five six Fulton Street, Peoria. Uh, which is in the Twin Towers on the ground floor. Um, I will talk to a couple people in just a, a couple minutes about that. But first, a quick uh, news story. Um, I think it's interesting, this Kaylee McEnany, uh, former President Trump uh, thing, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the former president took a shot at Kaylee, who now works at Fox News. Uh, Kaylee McEnany, first and foremost, is probably best known, especially to uh, Trump supporters, as a former White House press secretary who did a great job. Uh, in the role when she was the White House press secretary, like an incredible job, uh, praised um, by everybody, including praised by the former president a lot for the way in which she handled the media. Uh, and then she went into media, which is what a lot of White House press secretaries do. And she's been at Fox News for a bit. And she has certainly not always been as friendly to the former president as she was when it was her paid job to be the White House press secretary and defend anything and everything going on in the world of who's ever in charge. That's what every press secretary is supposed to do. And the current press secretary is terrible at that because uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre usually just avoids questions and says, check with somebody else. Uh, that's not the way that Kaylee McEnany handled the gig. Uh, anyway, uh, when she was covering uh, something about Trump and some poll numbers that she cited as one thing and the former president cited as something else. Uh, And both of them demonstrate a considerable lead uh, for the former president um, and Ron DeSantis, the next closest competitor for the um, Republican nomination. Um, What I think is really interesting about it is the use of of milk toast and the way that Trump even spelled it on social media, which could easily be a accidental misspelling. Uh, The way to spell milk toast is not to put M-I-L-K for the word uh, for the drink milk, but actually uh, M-I-L-Q-U-E toast, which means a timid or or weak, feeble person. So uh, the reason that this seems to have ruffled so many feathers in the world of conservative media or just um, uh, people that would come to the support or or whatever of of Kaylee McEnany is twofold. First and foremost, uh, she was such a a, um, um, devoted or loyal person when she was in the office uh, that she was in in the White House with Trump when he was the president that it seems crazy. I think that's what Brian Kilmeade said, who works at Fox News, 
uh, to attack uh, Kaylee. That seems like a person unnecessary to drag in all this. Uh, but then also because of the word uh, milk toast itself, and when it first became a prominent insult uh, that targeted Kaylee McEnany, it was after she got her double mastectomy, which I mean she removed her breasts uh, because of a a um, likelihood from uh, family history of of breast cancer. So that seemed to be an insult. That's utterly, utterly wrong and, and not something that I would praise at all. But I don't know if anyone intended it. I don't know if Trump intended it. I don't know if Chip Roy intended it. But he did say this and Kaylee to her uh, very much benefit and exactly kind of who she was when she was a White House press secretary just ignored it uh, when Chip Roy, a supporter of DeSantis, oddly enough, um, uh, threw this out as an insult at the beginning of a Fox News interview the other night. You know, starting with you, Congressman Chip Roy, what is the realistic alternative to this? Because I understand we wouldn't formally default. We can pay the interest on our debt, but our debt could be downgraded and that could be catastrophic. So what is the realistic alternative to this deal? Well, thanks, Kaylee. Uh, first of all, you know, the, everything that we're seeing out of the bill that was put forward, this this deal that's hatched this weekend, is pretty milk toast. if uh, if that word might mean something to you. And again, the way he used it in context actually was the way that the word uh, would actually be used, the thing that it would mean. But it's just, it's just an odd uh, back and forth. Uh, but to be fair, uh, since Kaylee has been a, a person that's in media and not a person that's connected to a political party or have uh, having a, a you know public sector sector job uh, she has been more critical of the former president at times so it's not shocking that trump would disagree with her uh, what is shocking and even upsetting to a lot i heard mark lee van camp and robbins uh, this morning and definitely david van camp being very upset about uh, an attack a line of attack that targets Kaylee McEnany, someone that it doesn't doesn't seem to need to be a part of any of this. But that is an interesting uh, story so far. I don't know how much uh, more will come from it. I don't know if the conservative backlash, uh, if that's what you want to call it, because there are people who are supporting the former president and saying he obviously didn't mean anything. It was certainly a typo, um, if even that, um, are saying that, you know, it's not surprising that he would start to disagree with a lot of people on Fox because uh, they're not being the most friendly to him. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, beyond the news of the day, I did want to bring in some guests of mine, uh, some people here in studio with me, uh, Sam and Elias. Uh, I think it's pretty cool um, that uh, part of the story involves a young guy who really, really loves uh, radio, but here we go. My wife and I go to a place called Cultured Grounds across the street from the radio station a lot. We go there so often, we've gotten to be good friends with Sam, the person who owns the restaurant, and will be on in just a second, and her son, Elias, who is a giant radio fan, which is awesome uh, when you're talking about a kid who's still in third grade and says that he listens to this show, he listens to our morning show, he listens to a few other shows in our group. It's very, very cool to talk to them uh, about radio and also to enjoy a lot of the great things they're doing at the Cultured Grounds uh, in the Twin Towers in downtown Peoria. I welcome both of you to the show. Thank you so much, Sam, for coming and bringing your son, Elias. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Your son said that he's a big fan of the radio show. Uh, Elias, you are how old? Eight years old. Eight years old. And you like radio? Yep. Okay. You like it more than YouTube, all the other stuff? You're yep. a fan of us. Okay. Yep. I feel like he's lying a little bit, but I don't I'm care. I'm not. I'm <laughs> not. That's good. I'm going to let I that be I am not. Okay, good. So you wanted to come over and hang out with us. Yep. And I did that the other day. And then I went over to the coffee again today, and you're like, hey, I want to go to the radio station again. Yeah. And now somehow you're on the radio. <laughs> how are you doing this, man? Are you going to have my job next week? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. He says maybe. Um, do you guys listen to the radio a lot? Uh, we do. Every in the time. car. In, thank you, in Elias. The in the car. Does he demand certain shows? Is he a big fan of any show, specifically my show, say my show? I'm, I'm just listening to it. 
Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, does he also help you out at the coffee shop? Of course. Of course. We're, he does. Uh, he's trying to earn some money. Nice. Go to this Idaho. summer? No, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I don't even want to go on a Boise, plane. Idaho. I want to drive. <laughs> you want to drive? All right. Okay. To go to Boise or Girlsy, Idaho, which is something we'll get to in a second. Boise, because that's where my sisters are. At. <laughs> okay, good to know. Um, uh, Sam, tell me a little bit more about Culture Grounds. Uh, we're a coffee shop in the Twin Towers, and uh, we're open from eight to three o'clock uh, every nice. day, nice. Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. We're closed Saturdays and, su- and Sundays. I enjoy my weekends very much. There you go. You have healthy food there. Yes, we do. We try to um, bring in salads and wraps mm. and um, just something light to take. It's like a take and go. And you've even been doing like themed food now. You have a walking taco day on Tuesday. Yes, we do. Walking taco Tuesdays. There's a meatball day. Meatball Thursdays. (laughs) Okay, good. That's tomorrow. Is there any theme for today specifically? Uh, Today, um, no, we're just doing sandwiches. So we're doing club sandwiches and just take and go cold sandwiches, basically. Gotcha. Uh, You're the biggest thing in the um, um, Twin Towers, right in the center of it. Do you like that spot? It's the perfect spot. I mean, you get the light and... um, the first thing you see when you walk in the Twin Towers is it's the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And there was a second location for Cultured Ground, too, right? We did. Um, okay. Like everyone else, we're having some trouble staffing it. Sure. So it's, um, with COVID? With COVID. All right. And Elias and doesn't want to run it himself yet? We're trying to. We're getting there. <laughs> right. We're trying. You're going right that way. Uh, well, so then let me ask you just a little bit more about the um, coffee and all the different drinks you serve there uh, because my wife loves them a lot. Actually, this morning it was kind of funny. She's having a bit more of a stressful day. Yes. And so she looked at me and she said, Craig, go to Sam, ask for stress-free tea. I went and I told you that, and you made her something that's supposed to relieve her stress. Uh, so uh, basically I just made her um, ginger, lemon, and honey nice. concoction and um, just let it sit, and um, it should be soothing. There you go. That is the idea. Okay. Do you get orders like that a lot? Someone comes in like, Sam, I'm stressed. Give me something that doesn't do that. You know what? I do get a lot of it from uh, people who aren't feeling too good, a little bit yeah. under the weather, and mm. with that ginger, it just really kind of okay. helps them. Can I, I guess say one more thing? And I know that uh, Elias is going to say this differently than I am. Uh, Elias is going to call you a, a meaner word, right? You would call her a Karen? Yes. Okay, that's not true, though. Your mom's not a Karen. Yes, she You is. just are very yes, talkative. You, all your customers, you seem to know everybody. Sam is a person I can walk around. Actually, this morning as you're walking in here for this interview, you knew somebody that must live in the building. Uh, you seem to really get to know a lot of the people that come into your shop. Uh, that, that's what I like about Cultured Grounds is that we can, I kind of keep it a small little um, group, mm-hmm. and um, I don't advertise, but I do like word-of-mouth advertising. Sure. And so um, I get to know people, yes. um, their quirks, their wants, their dislikes, and um, it just works out. It yes. seems like you know almost everyone that goes over there. I try. Which is impressive, uh, Sam. I'm very impressed with that. I'm also very impressed with your son, Elias, big radio fan and hanging out here. He's probably at some point going to wind up taking over this radio show, right, buddy? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Why, what do you mean? Why are you sad now, buddy? No. Lean back into the microphone. Tell me what you wanted to say. I don't know what to say. You just you got sad that I talked to your mom for too long and didn't talk to you enough, right? Yeah. You're going to school this summer, you said? Yeah, okay. school. Okay. Are you excited about that? No. No. Okay. You All right. do get popsicles, but I'm not excited about that. <laughs> you get popsicles? Yeah. I love popsicles. Let's talk more about I'm popsicles. I'm excited to see my sisters. Okay. In Boise, Idaho or Girlsy, Idaho? Boise. Okay. But there's definitely a Girlsy. Yes, there is. Okay. I know better than to question you twice. A quick break. A lot more. Thank you both for being here. That's my turn. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, quickly, a message. Uh, the VFW in Peoria Heights 
is awesome. Uh, I've talked about it a lot, and I genuinely like it and go a lot. And something really cool happened uh, the other day. But first, if you want to hang out, if you want to um, see the very cool amount of art they have, all veteran-created in the back of the building, go to 1505 East Lake Ave in Peoria Heights, 1505 East Lake. Uh, it is a bar that is open to the public. There is a, a communal area in the back, too, which has that art, uh, which puts on all kinds of events and stuff. Uh, 309-682-9875 is the phone number. 309-682-9875. I do think the uh, Peoria Heights VFW is special. Uh, they do a bunch of philanthropic work. We've talked about several different things on the show. Uh, but the other night when I was there uh, for Memorial Day, um, a, a kid uh, showed up. Uh, I call him a kid, 16 years old. And he wanted information about becoming a member of our military. And he had first Googled a place closer to his house and showed up outside there. Then he showed up outside the VFW. And he wanted to do two things. He wanted to ask veterans what it was like to serve our country. And then he wanted to buy everybody a round of, of well, drinks, which you can't do at 16 years old. So he wound up just donating money to the VFW, which I thought was really cool. Uh, but he wanted to do something nice and to show that he cared at 16 years old, all in his own. He's got his own driver's license, so he just showed up and and wanted to have a conversation. And a few of the vets, which didn't surprise me at all, uh, that were there all wound up going outside and hanging out and having a conversation with him and two of his friends that showed up. And it was a really touching moment, and it's just another of many examples of how the VFW in Peoria Heights is a bar, certainly, a hangout where a lot of people go and have a good time. And maybe you don't wind up having a profound, life-changing conversation, but you can also have a profound, life-changing conversation uh, like I think that young man did. And it was really cool to see. And actually, uh, most of the vets who wound up talking to him uh, are um, connected to the bar as well uh, via people that work there or other uh, reasons. So it was, it was just a really cool moment. And so uh, praise to the VFW. Uh, give them a call, 309-682-9875, if you want to go and hang out. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, I think the back and forth between DeSantis and Trump is only just ramping up, and I will get to more of that in about 10, 15 minutes or so after the top of the hour news. Uh, I do also think this is interesting. Clayton Kershaw, uh, which is a much more high-profile baseball player uh, than we've heard from yet in this situation, a three-time Cy Young Award winner, uh, gave thoughts on the idea that there would be, and he's a Los Angeles Dodgers player as well. I don't know if that uh, matters to the story. It does to me uh, or to you. Uh, but he gave thoughts on the idea of inviting a group uh, that makes fun of, of Catholics, makes fun of the Catholic Church, and does even way more. I shouldn't even say as a Catholic that they make fun of. They offend uh, people of faith. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence is the name of the group. Uh, the group is is also LGBTQ connected. Uh, so that's why the Dodgers had invited them to perform and then went back on that invitation and now went back on the going back on it and are inviting them again to perform, I think, for LGBTQ plus Pride Night on June 16th, which will happen uh, there. And so Kershaw, who is a person of faith, uh, made a very simple pitch and put his opinion out there 
in the most basic of, of terms, I think, in saying two things. First and foremost, he said, I think we need to go all in on a Christian faith day this year. I'm thinking the timing of our announcement must be sped up. Uh, picking a date and doing those uh, different things was part of it as well. Yes, it was in response to the highlighting of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence uh, by the Dodgers. What he first said, I think, that the Dodgers already mentioned that they're doing a Christian faith night. But then he went on to criticize uh, this itself. Um, he said... Um, that I don't agree with making fun of people's religious, uh, uh, people's religion. It has nothing to do with anything other than that. I just don't think that no matter what religion you are, you should make fun of somebody else's religion. So that's something that I definitely don't agree with. Uh, Kershaw said it was tough to see videos of the way the group portrayed Christianity and the way in which they would do things like dress like Jesus Christ and have, uh, different performances that involved uh, Jesus and crucifixion, it's it's deeply offensive. Like, there, there's no other way to say it. And Kershaw is right to, I think, speak out about this. Uh, he says, as a uh, team between my right wife and I and different people that I respect, we talked a lot about the right response to this. It's never an easy thing because I felt like it elicited a response, uh, meaning he had to, to speak up about it. It's just wrong. And, and I don't know where we got to in, in society uh, where I think that and this is what I'll describe some people as uh, ultra woke individuals or people that actually are parts of certain communities uh, that want those communities to be treated better than they uh, believe that those communities are, are treated. Uh, but here's the thing in all of those uh, wars, culture wars, whatever you want to call them, there are targets that seem to be OK uh, with the ultra woke, with the people who want to to celebrate or whatever it is they're saying they want to do uh, certain things that they believe to be unfairly treated uh, in our society or by uh, the same um, sort of a way uh, being critical of, say, the, the Bud Light boycott or the Target boycott or whatever it might be. So so making um, Christianity a punchline or even more so than that, a deeply offensive aspect of a performance. Um, and this, I think, goes back to even like the Sam Smith um, and not, not that it's to the same degree, because it's, it's not, uh, but the Grammy performance where he dressed as the devil and danced on stage, and then people made fun of the fact that people of faith might not really enjoy to see a performance that's so heavily devil-oriented. Not that it's even the first one in the world of music, but I, I just think it's, it's crazy, and this, this is what I mean to say about this, and I'll move on to other things, that a society that can get upset so quickly and so often about what is believed to be or shaped to be or, or uh, talked about publicly to be a desire to protect those who are unfairly treated somehow in our society is also willing to take cheap shots at people that they fundamentally disagree with. This is exactly the thing that the woke culture said they were trying to fight is is anyone and everyone being treated as though and I'm not trying to praise woke culture in no extent, no shape or form do it. But just the hypocrisy of it is is so ridiculous. It's so amazing. It's it's um you know the same sort of thing uh, if it were to happen in a different um, place or even in MLB baseball, and it were somehow targeting any of the many groups that um, the woke, if that's even what I should keep calling them, 
are trying to protect, this would be outrageous. There would be uh, demands, all kinds of different things, boycotts, whatever it would be, uh, by those who feel it's unfair to make fun of something other than, I guess, Christianity or Catholicism. Um, but for this one, it's fine. It's it's uh, something that's even uh, seems to be approved by the Dodgers uh, by propping up this group. And I think that's the same reason that people are pushing back on a lot of other things like Target or uh, Bud Light or whatever it might be. Chick-fil-A in the news now potentially uh, could face a boycott of some kind. I don't know if they will. Uh, their their news-making thing seems to be slightly different than some of the other news-making things out there, meaning they haven't gone quite as far in uh, advertising their brand tied to uh, some of those social um, uh, societal arguments, conversations we're having. But it's, it's just interesting to me because anyone out there who stands on their own um, – you know, a soapbox of how dare you do this to, to me? I would never do this to anyone who thinks that this is totally okay for the sisters of perpetual indulgence to perform at, at a Dodgers game are, are hypocrites. Uh, as actually Jesus used to say, uh, you shouldn't throw stones in a glass house. Uh, let the first, well, that's not exactly his phrase. Uh, he would actually say he who has, uh, no sin throw the first stone. So yeah. That's that's not a thing that in this case, I think, uh, really is is resonating or seeming to rise to the level of conversation that it, it should. You even had another baseball player apologize for a position they took on, on something else on social media, uh, where at the same time, the Dodgers seem to be moving forward with something that is easily uh, deeply offensive uh, to a lot of people. I don't know. I, I just don't understand. I'm not, again... I want to be crystal clear about this before I take a break. Uh, propping up that woke culture is, is good or cancel culture is good. None of that is good. But how do you have a standard that is so malleable uh, in society right now, that is so so willing to fluctuate um, and say one thing at one time and another thing at another time and then pretend as though what you're fighting for is somehow actually trying to better society and not just trying to, I don't know, pick and choose battles for whatever reason uh, people are picking and choosing them all right a quick break a lot more 1470 is an am 100.3 is an fm all over the internet wmbdradio.com and the wmbd radio app which may be having issues today uh, we apologize for that um, and also you can tell your smart speaker to play wmbd radio after the break i will talk more about the latest back and forth between DeSantis and Trump. And I will also talk about uh, some of those uh, bigger other stories in the world of boycotts and whatnot. Anheuser-Busch doing very badly. Their stock price is now down 20% uh, as of news today. 